You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. I get to watch spousal murder all day now. Hey, that's true. I found a show. <laughs> it's called, what's it called? Literally, why do you keep asking me? I keep forgetting. I keep wanting to say deadly vows, but it's not that. Killer vows is too simple. Wait for it. Wait for it. Fatal vows. Fatal. Oh, I was really <laughs> close with final. Okay. I was like really on the right track. <laughs> and it's all about husband and wives killing each other. And sometimes their families. And I dig Black Widows and Family Annihilator. So it is the show for me. It was made for me. I was so pumped when I found it on Discovery Plus today. I'd say Discovery Plus, take my money, but you're free right now. Discovery Plus, take my nothing. (laughs) All right. We're on episode 47. Mm -hmm. We're drinking some Truly Extra again to Mm -hmm. get that buzz on before we go to regular seltzer. Hit that thing. Mm -hmm. It's a little late, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll probably be weird. Yeah, sometimes it gets weird. Just so everybody knows, this will come out the Tuesday after Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh So, can't tell you what next week is going to be like. (laughs) It is what it is. Okay. Uh, So, episode 47. I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But First, Let's Talk Nerdy. Clink. Yay, clink. Crush our cans together uh, and make a noise. Mmm. <laughs> All right. So episode forty-seven. I go first, and today I am talking about Final Fantasy and some of their cute little creatures that they're so known for. Cute, yay, babies! <laughs> All right. So my sources today: fandom.net, uh, Wikipedia. Gamerant.com and thegamer.com. And also, obviously, I've played many a, a games. Many of Final Fantasy games have been played. So, in case you live under a rock. Not impossible. Uh, Final Fantasy is a Japanese science uh, fantasy media franchise created by Harunobu Sakaguchi and developed and owned by Square Enix, formerly Squaresoft. The franchise centers on a series of fantasy and science fantasy role-playing video games. The first game in the series was released in 1987. And That's would- when I was born. Oh, look at that. Um, and <laughs> I think there's 15 main ones now. That sounds right. And then a bunch of like side games yeah. and some have sequels and yada, yada, yada. Uh, the franchise has since branched into other video game genres such as tactical role-playing, action role-playing, uh, multiplayer online role-playing, racing, third-person shooter, fighting, and rhythm, as well as branching into other media, including CGI films, anime, manga, and novels. Final Fantasy installments are generally standalone, each with different settings, plots, and main characters, but the franchise is linked by several reoccurring elements, including game mechanics, reoccurring character names, and many reoccurring creatures. Yay! Each plot centers around a particular group of heroes who are battling a great evil, but also explore the characters' internal struggles and relationships. 
characters' names are frequently derived from the history, language, pop culture, and mythology of uh, cultures around the world, and the mechanics of each game involve a similar battle system and maps. So the Final Fantasy video game series is both critically and commercially successful, selling more than 159 million software units worldwide, making it one of the best-selling video game franchises of all time. The series is well known for its innovation, visuals, and music, such as the all-inclusion of full-motion videos, the FMVs, photorealistic character models, and music by Nobu uh, Nobu Uematsu, and it has popularized many features now commonly known in role-playing games. It also popularizes the genre as a whole in markets outside of Japan. A little fun fact, which I know I've told you this before. I might have even said it on the show before because I've done two other Final Fantasy topics. What are you going to do? But we're going to repeat it just in case. Uh, Final Fantasy was named Final Fantasy because back in the 80s, Square was about to go bankrupt. And they only had enough resources to make one last game. They named it Final Fantasy, but it ended up being such a huge success that it saved Square. Turns out it wasn't the Final Fantasy Spoilers! <laughs> um, I so, feel spoiled for something that happened when I was born. <laughs> so, as I mentioned before, uh, the, the games tend to be set in their own separate worlds and have their own set of characters. There are things that link each game together, and one of these are some of the very cute creatures that Final Fantasy is known for. Babies! Such as the Moogle, Chocobo, Cactuar, and though not as known, my favorite is the Poo Poo. These creatures are going to be what I'm talking about today. Yay! <laughs> so, Moogles, that's where we're starting. Yay! It's most well-known, my cute little buddy there. Mm-hmm. The Moogle is a recurring race in the Final Fantasy series. They first appeared in Final Fantasy III and have appeared in some capacity in every main series game since, with the exception of Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> yeah, random. Uh, Moogles were created by object designer Koichi Aishi. Two eyes. Ishi. Ishi. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. All right. So he stated they were based on a cre- uh, creature idea he drew in elementary school based off of an all white koala. Oh. <laughs> first of all, that's cute. And second of all, that's even cuter. Like. <laughs> Some dumb elementary school kid being like, I'm going to draw a white koala. And then it turns into like a fucking, oh my God, that's the cutest. (laughs) That's so cute. I love that. In an interview with uh, Hiromichi Tanaka, the producer of Final Fantasy III, he stated that the Mughals were only meant to be a race of cave-dwelling people and were not originally planned to be the series mascot. Additionally, the Mughals were inspired by Dungeons & Dragons, Specifically, the infravision ability to see the uh, see in the dark used by non-human races such as elves and dwarves. Which is clutch. <laughs> Moogles are one of the Final Fantasy series mascots alongside the Chocobos and the Cactuars, which I will talk about later. Mm-hmm. They have appeared in numerous merchandise and dolls, and dolls of them have actually appeared in games themselves. Merchandise and dolls should be a guys and dolls uh <laughs> When you see Carrie. a guy, yeah. <laughs> you can bet that he's doing it for some dog. God damn it. <laughs> I was in that. We did I'm, that musical for high school. That's how I know some of the words. So cute, and I hate you. <laughs> Let's see. They've appeared in numerous merchandise, and dolls of them appeared in games themselves, commonly in games set in more realistic environments where Moogles don't appear as a race. 
and they also make guest appearances in other media. The importance of Moogles to the plot varies, ranging from playable characters to cameos. Several, such as Mogs, Stiltskin, Artemikion, I don't know what that one is, mm-hmm. and Mont Blanc have been repeated appearances. Um, Moogles occasionally appear as a summoned monster, usually to grant beneficial effects to the party. So although their appearance changes from game to game, they are characterized by their small wings, usually pink or white fur, and a pom-pom on their heads. Moogles are mild-tempered and enjoy eating vines and nuts. The term Moogle comes from Moguri, which is itself a combination of two words. The first word is Magura, which is Japanese for mole. The second word is Komori, which is Japanese for bat. When combined, Cute. the two words uh, form Mogori, which is literally translated to mole bat, which That's is how so you would describe cute. a cute little Moogle. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Cool. <laughs> so Moogle's pom-pom is a red ball of fur on a thin wiry antenna that springs out from their head, which they don't really like being touched. And Moogle's, <laughs> they're That's sensitive. That's so horrible because I would want to touch it all the yep. time. And Moogle's wings are commonly dark, gothic, or bat-like design. But they otherwise have a harmless appearance and a bubbly nature. Moogles resemble small mammals, ranging from rodents to felines or marsupials. Many games have included color variants of Moogles, of the Moogles' fur and pom-poms, and their proportions vary. Some have larger ears than in other games. Some have bodies that are rounder and shorter and limbs. And then in the earliest games, Moogles even lack their trademark pom-pom. Moogles vary in sizes from several feet tall to only a foot tall, if not less. But in comparison to humans, Moogles are universally diminutive. In most games, Moogles do not wear clothes. In some games, the Moogles can fly. In Final Fantasy Distidia, it explains that they fly by inhaling air to inflate themselves. And they float and they use their wings to steer. (laughs) Sorry, I should have waited till you swallowed. (laughs) Just drown. <laughs> this is the end. I took a hit like right before too. Oh god, that was almost the death of me. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but then in Final Fantasy Thirteen, they say that they use their wings to fly. And it's believed that they can also fly several meters above the ground, but are simply too afraid to do so, so they don't go that high. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> <sighs> so next week is just going to be me because I'm officially going to kill Martha. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If this doesn't kill me, doing the art for it next week <laughs> will absolutely fucking kill me. Okay. So a common theme in Moogle's name is based off the word Mog. In Japan, the Moogle Mog from Final Fantasy VI is known to have stated that his blood type is black-footed duck type. So this suggests that Moogles even have different blood types in their own Moogle terminology because they're cuties. I like that. Black-footed duck blood. What the fuck? (laughs) 
<laughs> Moogles are intelligent and industrious, though in some games they are wary of human contact because of their size. Many playable Moogles specialize in gadgetry, tinkering, and engineering. Even in games where Moogles do not mind humans, they often maintain separate societies. Though in many games, Moogles are the main source of communication across long distances, a feat often attributed to the Moogle mail service, Mognet. <laughs> you can write notes and give them to them and they'll send your letter for you. I hate my And then they'll give you letters. <laughs> Like the cutest carrier pigeon ever. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun fact about carrier pigeons that I learned from Snapple. The last carrier pigeon that ever lived was named Martha. <laughs> I know. You've told me. Oh, I thought like you were going to say times. because I drink Snapple. Oh. Not now, obviously. <laughs> Too much sugar. But like maybe in the past. <laughs> now I just drink the freaking truly iced teas if I want Snapple. <laughs> Yeah, actually. Oh, my God. So, in earlier games, Moogle spoke only with their trademark cry, Koopa, which used to be my text tone. Yes. And variations of such. In later games, Moogle can speak in the human language, but often punctuate their sentences with Koopa as a verbal tick. In some Japanese versions, they use the pronoun mogu in place of the word I, as a young girl would use atashi and a young boy would use boku. Oh, cute! <laughs> in Final Fantasy III, the Moogles debut game, they were introduced as bodyguards for the sage doja. <laughs> in their original appearance, Moogles did not say kupo, but instead they said nya. The Japanese onomatopoeia for a cat yeah. meow. Yeah. In the 3D release, this was changed to Kupo. And then in Final Fantasy uh, 6, this is when we were introduced to Mog, the first playable Moogle. In uh-huh. Final Fantasy 7, the character Kate Sith rides on a giant toy Moogle, a Mog. And during his limit break, the uh, Moogle dance, the Moogle dances in front of the party, healing HP and MP. In Final Fantasy X, Moogles do not appear outside of folklore. However, some of Lulu's dolls are used at, uh, that are used as weapons are Moogle plushes, because her weapon is a plush. Moogles play a huge role in Final Fantasy IX. I'm going to try to sum it up as quickly as possible. To start, there are a lot of different designs for Moogles in this game. Some Moogles sport a full mane of fur, worn like a fur boa around their necks, while <laughs> others have different colored fur than the usual white. A Moogle's attire may indicate gender. Males are bare, but females wear a small purple coat. Uh, Moogles play a major role as save points and be called with a flute to access save command on the world map. Each Moogle is named, and most can speak the common language. Many dwell in human settlements in towns providing save services, how you save the game, Mm -hmm. and some uh, man mog shops to sell items and equipment. Cute. If the player uses a tent, a save Moogle will kind of appear, and there'll be a cutscene to simulate them, like, resting overnight, and it will be a tent-like structure with a little Moogle pom-pom on the top of it. That's really cute. Yep. Uh, Moogles communicate through Mognet, and the player can help deliver letters among Moogles as part of the subquest. The player can even collect nuts and deliver them to Moogle in Gaza Maluke's Grotto for items. Final Fantasy 12, they look a lot more like rabbits than they ever have. They have dexterous hands, giving them an edge in the field of engineering and playing musical instruments. Oh, no! <laughs> 
It is said Mughals built the first airship in a master, uh, which is a masterpiece of technological oh. advancement. Mm-hmm. In um, the newest installment of Final Fantasy XV, Square Enix revealed at Tokyo Game Show in September of 2015. I think there's might have been something newer since then, but who whatever. Knows? They said that. It wouldn't include Moogles in Final Fantasy XV. However, the company later held a poll asking fans whether Moogles should make an appearance. And it was such a big response. (laughs) It's a big positive response that on October 4th, 2016, it was revealed that the creatures would appear in form of special items throughout the game. Final Fantasy fans, do you like (laughs) little cute buddies? Yes. Yes, we do. Oh, Okay. (laughs) My absolute fucking bad. I thought you didn't like little cute buddies. I'm not going to get into it here, but Moogles also appear in almost every offshoot of Final Fantasy. Uh, they even have their own theme song. Uh, Nobu uh, Yumatsu composed the Moogle theme back in 1992 to join the Moogles' first appearance. And then even though the Final Fantasy team didn't originally think the Moogle is going to end up being so popular, it has become what I believe Final Fantasy's number one mascot. I think that's fair. Yes. The next one I'm going to talk about, which is probably the only other one that can compare to how big the Moogles are, Me. is the Chocobo. Yep. <laughs> that one I could have guessed too. Yeah, I know that I'm obviously... I did not major in this. If you listened to last week, I did not major in video games. Uh, but I know enough about Chocobos. They're so cute. They're so cute. Final Fantasy has a lot of... Uh, obviously, Super. this is why we're doing the thing. Because so much cute fucking so shit. So cute. Chocobo is a reoccurring animal in the series. It is a large bird-like creature. Chocobos roughly act as Final Fantasy's equivalent to horses, being domesticated for the use of riding, pulling carts and carriages, and for racing. Since their first appearance in Final Fantasy II, they have appeared in every game in the series in some capacity, are are a mainstay, and thus could be considered the series' mascot. The character Chocobo also serves as the protagonist of the Chocobo series that is a spinoff. Or the results of such thinking. <laughs> what? I said series and theory <laughs> that I was talking to her. Oh, uh, bitch. Fuck off. All right. Chocobos are generally depicted as yellow-orange birds with three-toed <laughs> feet, large wings, and long necks. You get to ride them, They're right? kind of like ostrich chicken yeah. bird things. It's like if you could ride Big Bird. Yes, essentially. Oh my All god, right. actually, I don't think I ever made that comparison until right yep. now, and it really clicked <laughs> in my brain. So, chocobos were influenced by the design of the horse claw creatures from Miyazaki's 1984 animated film, Nausicaa, of the Valley of the Wind. Oh my god. Yep. Later games have made the yellow variety the common breed and introduced other types characterized by different colors. While the yellow chocobo is flightless, stronger breeds can swim and fly. Common variations include the black chocobo, red chocobo, blue chocobo, and the chocobo breed universally regarded as the strongest is the gold chocobo. Other games depict colors such as green, white, silver, brown, and purple. Chocobo breeding is usually a side quest in several of the games, and with strong breeds able to swim and fly, you can reach optional areas that an airship cannot. The ruler of the chocobos is the fat chocobo. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. He's a round boy. You would love him. He's round. Yes. Um, He would fit on my round, well, not my, but the round boys Instagram that I follow. Yep. That is just fat animals (laughs) all the time. Yep. So the fat chocobo is capable of human speech. Who possesses varying degrees of magical powers over lesser chocobos. What's his voice like? Is it I deep? don't know. Okay. None well, of the games I have played with the fat chocobo has voices. Uh, well, I'm going to assume it's very, very deep. Okay. And if it's not, no one tell me. Like Jabba <laughs> the Hutt, but a person. <laughs> chocobos are known to be intelligent and to understand human language. But far from the choco, the fat chocobo, cases of regular chocobo speaking are rare. Otherwise, they are known for their signature quee cry that they make. They flap their wings and they get excited. And they come off the ground a few inches, but they can't fly like chickens. Oh. Yeah, they can sort of just hobble for two seconds in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Unless they're one of the superior breeds that can fly or swim. Quote unquote superior. <laughs> Chocobos are known for their bird like cry of Kui, but many players don't know where the sound originated. The Chocobo name comes from the Japanese chocolate treat called Choco Ball. Oh. And the sense. mascot for this brand is a bird called Kriochan who says Kui. Additionally, Q is roughly translated to eat. With the casual form being Q, translating to let's scoff scoff them down, which led to Quee. Squee! Me! None of those were right, but it's fine. There we go. I'm just making (laughs) squeaky sounds. Um, So in some Final Fantasy titles, Chocobos are known to say Wark instead of Quee. What? Yep. And in Final Fantasy Tactics, the War of Lions, of the Lions, one of the characters explains that Wark is the call of feral Chocobos, while Quee is the call of tamed ones. Oh. Mm-hmm. They cover their basis when you have 500 Final Fantasy games. I mean, you might And they're like, oh, well. shit, we did it wrong in this one game. Let's yeah. fix it. It's literally one of those things where you know you saw it, somebody saw it on, like, a fucking forum, and they were like, god damn it. <laughs> So, chocobos are known for their swift foot speed. The Dissidia Final Fantasy Museum stating a healthy chocobo can run at speeds of over 20 miles per hour. Oh. Because of their speed, some games make mention of training being required to ride them safely, like in Final Fantasy X, or a license needs to be allowed to ride. Um, Or you can, like, rent them from chocobo trainers who have already trained them for you. Uh, greens are the chocobo's typical food and come in very, in much different varieties. Gaisal, G-Y-S-A-H-L. Sounds good to me. <laughs> greens being the most common and sometimes being available as an item to call them to mount when you're in the world map. <laughs> in nearly every game they appear, chocobos are used as a mount. When riding a chocobo, the player party can avoid random encounters and travelers a lot quicker than when on foot. Who doesn't love that? Right? It's That's like what calling I want Epona. In actual real life. Yeah, seriously. Can, can I call my cat, make her very big, and you then ride have a car? Her? I know that's not you're right. <laughs> that's why I don't have to walk around and talk to people. No, you're right. Okay. 
Chocobos can be found in wild or in a Chocobo forest or can be rented from a Chocobo stable. Some games depict Chocobo bark, Chocobo back warriors. Oh, I literally was picturing them in like cool bark armor and now that doesn't exist. <laughs> um, called Chocobo Knights and the Chocobos have armors equivalent to horses in medieval it times. It doesn't exist! <laughs> Yay! Oh, that's great. It's just not made of bark. It's made of actual metal. That's probably better yeah. for them. It's less flammable and also stronger. Yep. Stronger first, less flammable second. <laughs> Life sometimes your brain works in a shitty way. Here we are. In some games, chocobos are used to find hidden treasure. And in many games, they also feature baby chocobo chicks. In Final Fantasy XIII, one of the characters... He has an afro and a little baby chocobo chick will hide in it and pop out. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I want to cry. That's so cute. Yep, he's super cute. Oh my god. Um, this episode might be too cute for me. <laughs> I didn't we're not even halfway through. Yeah, no. Well, we're not even halfway through your part. I know. <laughs> Though often domesticated, chocobos can be found in the wild and sometimes fought as enemies. Chocobos can also be called into battle by summoners and are the most basic summons for new summoners to master. Chocobos fight with their trademark chocobo kick and more rarely the more powerful choco meter and choco buckle. The most known chocobo in the Final Fantasy universe goes by the name of Boko. First appearing in Final Fantasy V and has become a reoccurring character name in the series. Known as Boko in later versions, he is the protagonist Bart's Klauser's Chocobo and faithful friend. Boko has a brief appearance in Bart's world when he helps Bart rescue Lena. Lena is the white mage I did. Oh, yes. oh my god, she's so cute. Yeah. Okay, yes. <laughs> and Gullif. Um, but becomes more important further into the storyline as the party is able to ride him around more frequently. And in the merged worlds, Boko meets a female chocobo named Coco and they have children together. Cute! Boko and Cho- What? Coco. Sorry. Boko and Coco. <laughs> Bart is amused by his bird's virility, calling Boko a stud. <laughs> Ew. And Boko Honestly, the word virility just makes me like a little bit cringe. Boko also appears in a tutorial explaining the job system and abilities after the player obtains the ability to change the party's jobs. That's cute. Boko can also be found in Final Fantasy VIII. Final Fantasy IX, and Final Fantasy XIII 2, and a bunch of the other offshoot games. All right, so the Fat Chocobo, also known as Big Chocobo, the Chubby Chocobo, and the God's Bird, is a large and hefty Chocobo. Hefty. He's chonky. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Hefty, hefty, hefty. <laughs> yes, no, I thought immediately that too. Alright, so in some depictions, the fat chocobo is the leader of the chocobos. In the earlier games of the Final Fantasy series, when the player's inventory is limited, the fat chocobo can store a vast quantity of items. It also appears as a summon whose attack involves landing on an, an enemy party, but the player cannot summon the fat chocobo through conventional means. Our little, our cute little round boy can be found in games. <laughs> our cute big round boy. The little round boy. He's, he's, 
He's not chumby. He is chonky. He is chonky. He can be found in games as early as Final Fantasy 3, as well as Final Fantasy 4, all the way through 9. He's peep-shaped. He is peep-shaped. But, like, a little melted. (laughs) Um, And then he comes back in Final Fantasy 13 and 15. Chocobos, like Moogles, are one of the most known mascots for Final Fantasy. They as well have their own theme and even made appearances in Smash and Kingdom Hearts. And, I mean, who doesn't like to ride a giant chicken bird? I mean... He's a classy chicken. He is a very classy chicken. Can confirm. Classy chicken. The chickens discussed last week... Not classy. Not classy. Incredibly unclassy. Fucking rude. They don't know any forks. They look at all the forks and then they just smash their head into things. I mean, why are you so mad at me when I keep hitting you with my sword? Why are you so mad at me when I try to, like, grab you and fly places? (laughs) Why are you so mad when I just chuck you at one another? But also, why are you so mad when I try to return you to your, like, fucking owner and then you're like, I just want to kill you. And I'm like, I'm just trying to... To get you back to somebody who maybe loves you, not me. <laughs> you rude fucking I would bird. eat you in a heartbeat, but I can't fire blast you or whatever. And if <laughs> I can, I just get fucked up. <laughs> you just attack me more. <laughs> this will be <laughs> Kevin's like introduction into all Zelda games, and now he's going to be addicted. They are going to fucking attack you. Don't. Don't do it. Cuckoos are the scariest way to die in the Zelda game. Actually, though, I'm like, I know, like, people have fears of things, but also, like, have you considered being pecked to death by, like, a thousand billion terrible birds who will absolutely fuck you up and who can, even though you're the fucking hero of time? Yeah. I don't think we yelled about this a lot last week. We should yell about it now. Okay, that's all. All right. Next up, we have the cactuar. The cactuar is a recurring feature, uh, creature, (laughs) they are a feature, I guess, in the Final Fantasy series that appears as an enemy and as a summon. Cactuars are little cacti, typically depicted having stiff arms and legs. Three black holes in their face representing two eyes and an oblong mouth and three reddish quills on the top of their head. They have their own language, mostly consisting of variations of the word gekka, which resembles squeaks and uh, warbles. Cactuars in Final Fantasy X appear to also be able to speak Albed. In their original appearance in Final Fantasy VI, they are known as Cactrots. And then in Final Fantasy VII, they were named, renamed Cactuar, E-R. Twer. While the fake Cactuar was named Cactuar. And then later games, Cactuar became the standard name for the regular Cactuar. Cute. Other variations include Quactar, which is Q-A-C-T-A-A-R. Cactuar with a K. Cactuar. And then Cactoid. Other languages refer to them as Pampa. Kytus and Cactio, according to an article in V-Jump in February 1997. 
The cactuar was designed by Tetsuya Namuro based on a doodle he drew on a notebook when he was in high school. Oh, my God. They resemble Japanese haniwa, which is a clay figure made for ritual and uh, funeral purposes. They, like, bury them with them in Japan. And that could also make sense because later cactuars, like, bury themselves in the ground and when they, like a little like, crab e- or yeah i guess well i mean obviously <laughs> they are plants but also if you, <laughs> i lived up by the sea and if you've ever seen a crab bury themselves it's really fucking cute well you'll like get into battle and they'll just be like their little thingies sticking out of the, Do they, the like, ground in? you yeah there's like sand that brushes up in the air mm-hmm. as they dig themselves kind of crabby yeah cactuars are fast and tough to hit they're very very fast their hp is usually low but their defenses are high and they often yield large amounts of gill and exp which is experience points for you nerds who don't know what's gill the money in okay. in final fantasy <laughs> i was like i know exp i know fucking yeah gill, gill is just the the currency like gills and that's one of those things that is gill. also through all of the final fantasies the currency mm-hmm. is always gill Often they counter most attacks with their thousand needles, which always deals a thousand HP of oh, unblockable dang. damage. That includes um, no no matter what your defense is. In some games, such as Final Fantasy IX, cactuars may be underground and will only counter attack if they are hiding. Other games have stronger versions of this attack, such as ten thousand needles. Cactuars are often weak to water, though. In most of the games. Uh, they appear to have a side quest involving the cactuar. These side quests usually lead to great rewards. Sometimes it's how you get the giant cactuar as a summon, and other times it's how characters will get an ultimate weapon. And since their first appearance in Final Fantasy VI, they show up in every game after that, and there's also a whole bunch of the adjacent Final Fantasy games that they show up in. On top of the mainstream games and the side games of the Final Fantasy series, they can be found... In other universes as well. They're in Kingdom Hearts, which is pretty Final Fantasy adjacent, but still. And they're also in a couple of uh, Mario games, Dragon Quest, and in Monster Hunter and Assassin's Creed, there are little Easter eggs for fans to find. Cute! And then to celebrate Final Fantasy's 30th anniversary, Square Enix released a game called World of Final Fantasy for the PlayStation 4. In this homage of the game, there is a minor cactuar that can speak and is simply known as the Cactuar Conductor. He is the first cactuar in the series able to communicate with the main characters in their own language. And the Cactuar Conductor is a 50-year-old conductor who likes to prank people. Yeah, they're kind of mischievous and likes to play pranks. That's what cactuars so are. So cute. I want yep. one. There's, what's not to lie? Yeah. I mean, we have one in Spiegel. <laughs> There's also an enemy version of the Cactuar Conductor that is available in the Maxima version of the game called Cactuar Johnny. Rip me. <laughs> Cactuar Johnny is yeah. fucking adorable. All right, so a little fun fact. Apparently, in one of the PlayStation 1 Final Fantasy titles, the description of Cactuar read, It ejaculates needles! Exclamation oh, no. point. <laughs> <laughs> this was due to the translation being done by a yep. Japanese speaker, but luckily a reviser by the name of Alexander O. Smith noticed it and changed it before. It's <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> no, hard no. <laughs> hard stop, hard stop. Um, um, 
I don't think that means (laughs) while it's true that the cactuar shoots needles from its body, the poor choice of words ejaculates would have caused some eyebrow raising and likely a lot of hysteria. And probably some really weird porn. It's true. Just imagine the memes that would have surfaced if its lore and its description was ejaculates needles. I don't actually want to think about that. I already did. (laughs) 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 All right. So don't quote me on this. But even though I don't believe the cactuar has a specific theme, it is and always will be one of the most important and one of the most remembered creatures of the Final Fantasy universe. So the last one I'm going to talk about and probably the least known of the others, but is my favorite is the poo poo. Poo-poo is a small blue alien. It's P-U-P-U. Thank you. Oh, my God. I, so, you know, somebody has spent too much time with you when they can see your how does that spell face. And that's not even words. So, the poo-poo is a small blue alien that first appeared in Final Fantasy VIII, abducting various objects on the world map. It has since made minor appearances in the other games. Um, they're a little small blue alien that you encounter in spaceships. They almost appear to be like glowing. They're that kind of blue. A very basic body with just two arms and two legs. Uh, a little fat body. And just scribbles for eyes. Literally, if you look at them, it's like you would scribble <laughs> in a circle. And then their head is kind of water drop shape. And then he has a little antenna with a glowing little yellow tip. Cute. I'm assuming he phones home with. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most, uh, my most obnoxious laugh <laughs> of this podcast. So after Probably not true. <laughs> Kevin, confirm or... Deny. <laughs> yes, that's the, the opposite of confirm. Confirm or unconfirm. Deconfirm. So after encountering Poo-Poo's flying saucer around the world... The party destroys the craft, leaving the poo-poo to beg for elixirs to recover. This is all in Final Fantasy VIII. Mm. And if the player appeases the alien, they get a -a one-of-a-kind triple triad card, which is part of the card game of Final Fantasy VIII. And it's also also possible to kill it or even devour it. Completing the poo-poo side quest in the Steamer remastered version also earns the achievement UFO. Also, Paso is my new favorite <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's also Paso. And I kind of want to, like, make it a thing. I feel like it makes sense. It'll and I feel pen. like if you said it, yes. <laughs> it's also Paso. And then, like, just don't ever explain it. <laughs> People will be like, what the fuck does that mean? It's like, don't worry about it. It's also Paso. If you're not an idiot, you can figure out what it means. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the other mainstream game that this little guy is in is Final Fantasy X and X-2. In X, he is one of the plushes that Lulu carries around as a weapon. And then in X-2, when Riku is in her mascot dress sphere, she is holding a poo-poo as her weapon as well, a poo-poo plush as her weapon. In thirteen, a silhouette of the poo-poo can be found on several signs and as well as it can, making it seem like the poo-poo is a mascot for the company. Of whatever the can is. I mean, that would be a really cute mascot. Yeah. And though not directly, though not a direct sighting of the poo-poo, a sign, it says, 
Kyo Kyo Balam is found in Final Fantasy 15. This alludes that the county of Balam and the alien Pupu, whose Japanese name is Kyo Kyo. So I could go on all day about all the cute creatures found in Final Fantasy, but we don't have enough time. But I would like to give some shout outs to some of the other cute creatures I couldn't talk about. Yes, please. There's the Moombas. Moombas. Yes. <laughs> Tonberries. Kate Sith. Carbuncle. Uh, Meg Dragoras. And then there's, of course, Chris Evans. <laughs> Just kidding. God damn it. But fair. Like, I was expecting a thing and you said that and I got really fucking confused. God damn. That was a very cute episode. I'm gonna fucking poke you in the eye. <laughs> You're such a goon. <laughs> And those are Final Fantasy creatures in my way of talking about Chris Evans. Is that- <laughs> Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the Geek Revolution. Okay, anyways, what are you talking about today? Um, today, so it's it's really fucking funny that you talked about, like... Cute creatures. Cute creatures, like you did, because I am talking about some cute and also weird members of the Lantern Corps. Oh, Mostly Green Lanterns, but, like, there are some exceptions. Some people that I would consider inducting into our Bestest Boy Club. Bestest boy mm-hmm. So yeah, some bestest boy candidates and also some other weirdos. I love it. Yeah. First of all, it's like weird that it's taken me so long to talk about lanterns because as much as I hate Hal Jordan, who's a <laughs> fucking tool, uh, the rest of them are pretty fucking cool. They have some killer storylines. They're not all like incredibly crossover driven, which I fucking hate. Not to mention it is Filled to the goddamn fucking brim with D-listers. My favorite. True, it is your favorite. Yes, and not just D-listers, but D-listers with fucking, like, backstories. So they're not just, like, somebody who they put in the background and then they said two things about. They all have, like, things that happened in their past. Ugh, my jam. So, Green Lantern Basics. So the Green Lantern Corps is an intergalactic police force uh, dedicated to the promotion of order and democracy throughout the universe. Each Green Lantern member protects a sector and uh, of space. So space is divided into 3,600 sectors, and each of them is supposed to have two for each sector. 
Of course, Earth is complicated and a little bitch, so sometimes we have like fucking four or some goddamn nonsense. I can't roll my and eyes any harder. And they're all like fucking human because of course they're all fucking human. <laughs> well, do they have to be of the planet? They have to be of the sector of space. Okay. So they could be of our planet or any planet in this like chunk of space that has life. Doesn't have to be human. Definitely doesn't have to be a human dude. Or Ugh. a human white dude. Ugh. Which most of them are. Ugh. And Hal Jordan is my dude. least favorite. He's so boring. Yeah. Oh god, he's brutally boring. Oh, it's god. the worst. So yeah, two for each sector. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, so basically all of space is sectioned off into 3,600 sectors. I think there's some, like, beyond the, like, like space wild wild west, I think. We're going straight yes. to the wild wild west. We're going straight <laughs> to the wild wild west. I kind of want to watch that now. Uh, but yeah, I think that's true. But that might be something that I misremembered. As we know, my memory is shitty, shitty, shitty. So, uh, the mission of Green Lantern... Of the Green Lantern Corps. Also, this is going to be a fun one because uh, how many times am I going to pronounce this as core and how many times am I going to pronounce it <laughs> as corpse? Core. Core, core, core. Come on, buddy. Uh, the mission of the Green Lantern Corps is to protect the universe from interstellar threats of all kinds, ranging from planetary levels, so something that could annihilate an entire planet, to uh, cosmic level threats. So problems that could annihilate an entire universe. So big problems. We're not working. I don't know. Superboy punched all of the universes and they didn't stop that. So that was a really big problem. And also, I don't know enough about that (laughs) to say that they didn't or did try to stop that. But he still punched all of the universes. Oh, he did. That's the thing that genuinely happened. So their threats that they're dealing with are fucking big. It's not just like, I rubbed somebody or I I murdered one person. It's, I've tried to break down the entire universe, blah, blah, blah. Which is why when Hal Jordan went fucking crazy over Coast City being annihilated, the Green Lanterns were like, I mean, that sucks, bro. I know this is where you live, but also this isn't our job. Like, that is small time shit. We are big time shit. (laughs) Their power is driven by willpower and kind of strength over emotions. Like when your willpower beats your like anger or your this and that, blah, blah, blah. So once you become a Green Lantern, you get a Green Lantern, which is like your power battery of, uh, and it powers your power ring, which create constructs out of light that can be pretty much whatever they can imagine. So if you have a good big imagination and a lot of willpower, This is for you. So being as there's a (laughs) fuck ton of lanterns out there, just like specifically talking just green lanterns, because if there's 3,600 times two, there should be 7,200. Obviously there aren't. But um, because, you know, people don't write that much time. And also a lot of them die. (laughs) Yeah, that will be a theme throughout the episode. So no worries. Or some some worries about death. (laughs) The only Green Lantern I care about is Aresia. Fair. 
You might care about a couple more (laughs) at the end of this episode. We'll see. I don't think I know anymore. (laughs) So some of them, obviously, because there's so fucking many of them, uh, there's some of them that are human and some of them that are human-like. A lot of them are human-like because everybody is so goddamn fucking lazy. And then some of them are going to be monstrous. Some will be huge. Some will be small. And some will be cute bestest boy candidates yes my favorite Mm -hmm. so we're going to talk about a few of the bestest boy candidates and as well as some weird and dumb shit because there's a lot of everything so we might as well cover it all let's go um so my sources today are comic vine fandom and wikipedia our first ridiculous thing to talk about today is called the Puffball Collective. Oh, goodness. I feel like I need pictures for all of these. They better just be cotton balls. They're very cute. Oh, Yeah. The Puffball Collective, uh, Green Lantern, is a collective entity comprised of billions of tiny puffballs that uh, absorb sustenance to survive. And in doing so, they would obtain food, but also increase their intelligence. So basically, when a Green Lantern passes on, they have to pass their ring to the next, like, Green Lantern. And they have to be in the right sector, blah, blah, blah. So this one (laughs) Green Lantern, whose name is To-T-U-K, or Totuk, he looks like this. Like a weird leaf person. Weird alien buddy. Um, whatever. Weird alien buddy is trying to find, like, the next person who can take on the Green Lantern ring. And he's doing a, like, bunch of scans and he's like, what the fuck? Why isn't this ring working? Everything is just kind of fuzzy. And then it turns out that uh, it was doing the scan correctly and that uh, the Guardians had... The Guardians who were the people who first created the Green Lanterns. They're little blue dudes. That's a whole fucking episode. Poo-poos? No, they're more like shitty Smurfs. Like Smurfs, but if they were the government. I know. That's the face you should make. (laughs) I hate that. You should. They're bad people. They turn out to be not great. Um, Shock. Ah. But yeah, so uh, the Guardians sent him to this planet, and he's scans it a bunch of times, and he's like, I can't find my fucking replacement, and I'm like, gonna die, what the heck? And all I can find is these billions of floating fuzzballs. And uh, it turns out that the intelligent life form was the collective, but because its mind was spread throughout the entire globe, um, it didn't have the intelligence to wield the ring, so Totuk whatever the fuck we're calling him, decided that he would join the collective in death and it would absorb his intelligence and memories and willpower. And now the Puffball Collective is uh, an an entity comprised of millions of puffballs and each of them has the power of Green Lantern. And the collective sector is one of the safest in the universe. They look like tons. uh, So for those who are listening, though, we'll have pictures they look like tons of little There's gonna be a lot of pictures balls. this week. Yes. Um, with like a Green Lantern animals. logo. Like, they're little cuties. I'm not sure that they're 100% cuties. bestest boy material, but I think we're getting there. Uh, so, next member we're talking about is Bzzd, uh, which is B-Z-Z-D, just in case you're a spelling nut like me. 
which I know you aren't, but <laughs> listeners might be, who knows. So Boost is basically a little fly Green Lantern who ha- lives on fly Green Lantern planet. He's the size of a like actual earth fly, but he's really, really fucking smart, and he's got tremendous willpower. That is a quote, because I don't say <laughs> tremendous. And he's fast and instinctive. Um, Biz is a, a master improvisational tactician and useful for missions that require stealth. He enjoys being underestimated because a lot of people are like, you're a fucking fly, what the fuck are you going to do? And he's like, just own your goddamn ass, bitch. But it's fine. Hold on just a fucking second. If you can hold my flower, bitch, I will absolutely destroy you. And when the his ring can't solve the problem, Biz can we fall back on his natural stinger, which uh, releases powerful venom, which can incapacitate creatures that are many times Biz's size. Bzz. Bzz. It's hard to say something with an Bzz. S on the end that has no vowels. <laughs> uh, one of Biz's storylines is that um, Mogo, the planet Green Lantern, who I'm not talking about today, though he is kind of, I mean, kind of cute. He's a planet that's a Green Lantern. That's kind of adorable, but not in the same way that I'm looking for today. But he realized that uh, Mogo had been infected with a yellow spore that had ties to the Sinestro Corps and the Sinestro Corps. <laughs> damn it! Oh, it only took it took so few times. <laughs> None of that is the right word. <laughs> that wasn't the right word either, Martha. I know. I leaned in. I knew it was bad, so I just figured I'd fuck it up forever. Um. There was a spore that had ties to the Sinestro Corps. Uh, once infected, the spores caused Green Lantern to act irrationally and experience fear. And fear is like their big no-no. Also, yellow for a while was their big no-no. So he basically found out that a bunch of these people were undergoing the uh, infection by this spore and was able to save them from this. And then there was like a weird ring quest. And during that, Bzzt and other members of the court fought against uh, Mongol, who was the one who destroyed Coast City and made Hal Jordan go fucking bugfuck nuts. Um, not specifically bugfuck nuts. <laughs> poor choice of words <laughs> at this specific <laughs> time in my life. So Biz flew inside Mongol's mouth and attacked him from the inside, and he distracted Mongol long enough for the rest of the court to defeat him, because he is a boss. And unfortunately, uh, the task proved too much for Biz's physical body, and he died a hero's death. So, rip Biz. Okay, cool. Next member is our only non-Green Lantern for today, but also one of my most faves, which is probably not surprising at all, anyone who knows me. Uh, so Dexter is a Red Lantern, a Lantern of Rage instead of Willpower. He's also an Earth Cat. So he's the Red Lantern for Sector 2814. He's basically supposed to be like a Russian blue cat that like ended up becoming more alien and stuff like that but um so his story was he was a kitten and a litter of five uh and (laughs) he was adopted from the brooklyn animal shelter 
his new owner loved Dexter because he was always there to keep her company. And she even said that Dexter made her life a lot better and that he would probably say the same thing too if he could speak, which I frequently say about my cat. Luna doesn't say that about you. She can't feed herself, so she has to. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Luna. Remember when you wanted to throw Luna out of the window the other day? Every morning. Remember when I wanted Remember to when I had to go get Luna like she was your child to give you oh. a break? <laughs> See, this is what one of the like, anytime anybody's like, are you sure you don't want kids? I'm like, <laughs> I want to throw my cat out of the window sometimes. I want to throw my cat out of the window and she's like mostly cute. <laughs> so one night a burglar broke into their apartment in Brooklyn and uh, Dexter scratched him. And as the burglar screamed in pain, Dexter's owner woke up and called for help. The only cat ever to defend their owner. Luna would not. Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) She'd be like, hey, you gonna feed me? Yeah. Okay, so as the burglar screamed in pain, uh, Dexter's owner woke up and called for help. And unfortunately, help never came. I was gonna say, don't call for help, call fire. True. Actually true. Uh, The next day when the police came to investigate the murder, one of the cops kicked Dexter out saying that he could contaminate the crime scene because cops are terrible and never can they do their jobs ever yeah well it's one of those things if you went to the person who owned the apartments they would have shown you the paperwork there would have been a fucking cat on there well they would have known there was a cat there anyways because there would have been a litter box and there would have been cat toys and there would have been cat food and there would have been a cat dish and Mm -hmm. there would have been obvious signs that there was a cat and then you take the cat and you see if there's anything mm-hmm. on him because he's a cat. He might have very much walked through blood or yaddy. There probably would have been blood cat prints. Yeah. Also, have you seen Men in Black? The one time when he had the little universe there? That was a cat, too. Have you not seen Captain Marvel? Value cats, you fucking <laughs> dicks. Um, so, okay. They kick Dexter out and Dexter was left for homeless, living in a box in the street. So some dumb thugs put him in a bag and decided that they were going to throw him off a fucking bridge. Why? what that cat ever do to you? They're just shitty fucking people. So just as they did, they tried to throw him off the Brooklyn Bridge to see him drown because some people are fucking shitty people. Wait, who are doing this? Two dumb thugs. So they just find him. So the murderer murders and then the cops kick him out and then two assholes try to throw him off a bridge. Yes. Did you know that animal cruelty leads into murder? So they'll probably be murderers in a year. Yeah. So uh, just as they did that, however, a red lantern power ring flew in and uh, saw the rage within his heart and uh, made him into the new red lantern for the 2814 sector. Did he kill those thugs? And uh, he embraced his new identity as Dexter. And then he fucking murdered those thugs. Good. Red Lanterns, how that whole thing happens is that their blood is replaced by, like, burning... Lava. Rage, basically. (laughs) Lava. It's it's essentially, like, acid, (laughs) but it's actually, like, anger. And then they just vomit that fucking shit onto anybody. And then that person just melts and is... Lava. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm just going with lava. Lava, acid. It's six of one, half dozen the other. Which way do you want to damage your shit? It it's- goes both ways. So if you could com- create lava and acid into one thing and have the damage be both fiery and also like acidic, yes, that would be the thing. So he kills the thugs. Good. He remembers his owner's kind words. Uh, and um, Dexter has coherent thoughts now that he has the ring and he vows to find the um, his owners. Exactly. And kill her murderer. But so uh, Dexter was drawn because uh, one of the artists, Shane Davis, was like, what is the weirdest thing that I could draw vomiting up like fire, death? blood, blah, blah, blah. And it was a cute, fuzzy animal that was literally his cat named Dexter. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So it was drawn as a joke. And then, like, memes went fucking crazy with it as, like, Rage Cat and Ruffles and Puke Cat and all the, like, weird lol cats nicknames. And then they were like, okay, we'll make it into an actual fucking thing. I think he's best boy material, even though he's not necessarily a good guy. <laughs> oh no, Nibbler ate all of those animals. Okay, I guess episode. being a good guy is not important. So to be drama. Okay, so next up we have Chip, which is spelled C H apostrophe P. Why? Because whoever. Did Green Lanterns during, like, the 80s had a fucking boner from apostrophes in the (laughs) biggest goddamn way. Like, this and several of the other ones, Biz did not have any apostrophes. I was, too. I had to relook back and be like, oh, okay, I guess I'm wrong. Chip, he's a native, but from the planet Pleven, which is H apostrophe L-V-E-N. So, mm -mm. Uh, which is basically mostly uh, sentient squirrels, which is pretty fucking cute. So how could DC possibly make this weird? I don't know. So Chip uh, participated in the defense of his home world from an invasion by the Crabster army, which I assume is crab people, uh-huh. but they better be fucking crab people. The picture, I could not find a picture of them, so if they're not crab people, no one fucking tell us. <laughs> I don't care. But yeah, the Crabster army of Dr. Ubix. He was captured and sentenced to death by Dr. Ubix, but one of the guardians of the universe. So the shady smurfs, shady government smurfs, usually bad. There's like two of them that are like, tolerable (sighs) this might be one of them but he comes and secretly inducts him into the um, core and gives him the power ring of his predecessor another fucking squirrel who had fallen during the uh, invasion into his world so using the ring chip is uh, able to defeat dr ubex and free his world yay uh and then shortly after that he travels to oa and he is in the same recruit group as our good buddy, who we fucking hate, Hal Jordan. Ugh, he's so boring. Yeah. The only thing that you ever did that was interesting was Parallax, which was really genuinely terrible. But yeah, so he went on to become the Green Lantern of 1014, Sector 1014, and uh, became good friends with Hal, Mogo, Salak, and other members. Um, and then while he was on Hleven, he maintained a secret identity until he married his longtime girlfriend, Minnie, which is M apostrophe, N-N apostrophe, E. I know. I'm going to... 
roll myself off of our balcony. We haven't even gotten into the part where I, I know things are going to be worse for you. <laughs> where I specifically was like, these are terrible and I'm putting them in for Brittany. Uh, we haven't gotten there yet. We will, though. So, uh, he marries his longtime girlfriend, Minnie, and then while he's not serving the Guardians on Oa, Chip is defending Clevin from various threats, many of them engineered by his old nemesis, Dr. Ubix. Uh, Chip's history as a Green Lantern, though, got wonky as fuck because of his participation in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yep. We can't seem to get away from this fucking shit. No fucking shit, because it's fucking DC. Mm-hmm. Turns out, when you, every, like, 15 years, smash all of your worlds into one world, it doesn't work out <laughs> super well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, didn't Marvel just do that thing? Uh, I'm sure it's all fine. Everything's nothing fine. Nothing is weird. Everything's and fine. that comics aren't all... Inherently terrible. They're so bad. How did we get to be this people? (laughs) Um, But yeah, so the crisis had affected the entire universe because, you know, it was when they were like, hey, we have too many worlds. Let's get rid of a couple of them. This didn't work out as well as we thought it was going to. Let's do it again in like 10 or 15 years. (laughs) Um, We'll call it something similar, but not similar enough. So that you'll completely fuck it up whenever you have to talk. About. You'll never know which one you're actually you'll talking know it's about. I see thing, but you'll <laughs> not know where the I or the C has to fucking go. And you'll know that there's a crisis. <laughs> but it might crisis, just be that you're crisis having, on infant. You might just be having a crisis, having an existential crisis about fucking DC. Uh, it was also a crisis on infinite plebins. Uh, so when. Poor Chip returned home. He discovered that history had rewritten, and so he had actually died in an accident 15 years earlier. So everyone remembered him as dying, like, much earlier, his wife and all that sort of shit. And in the new timeline, his wife, Minnie, had remarried his friend, Dill. Stunned and disheartened, Chip abandoned Levin for Earth, where he served with a team of Green Lanterns that was assigned to safeguard the planet for a while, probably because crises keep fucking happening here. What a shitty situation. What do you do in that situation? Imagine being like, here's a squirrel, we're gonna make his backstory super depressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a Netflix sh- No. Amazon Prime. And she disappeared and they thought she was dead for seven years. So when she was found, her husband, they had a kid, but he was like grown up and her husband had remarried. Like it, and, it makes sense. Yeah, because it's like, it's been if seven years gone and you life. think and she's they're dead. 15, and the, the, she, so that's like twice. Now. Yeah, and say she disappeared by like, a, and a, who knows it was how a long serial killer. Supposed to yeah. fucking live. Definitely not 15 years. No. But these are weird. Hey Siri, what is the average lifespan <laughs> of a squirrel? Sixteen? Are you shitting me? First of all, <laughs> what an lol! Are you kidding me? Sixteen years? Perfect timing, I guess. Okay, so where was I? Um, he went to Earth and served with some of the Green Lanterns there. The members who were serving on Earth at that point were uh, some of the only people who were able to uh, remember the pre-crisis events. So they were the only people who actually had any idea of what the past was. 
During this time, also, uh, Chip was able to battle Dr. Ubex, and Dr. Ubex actually remembered about pre-crisis uh, timeline, and if they weren't, like, squirrels slash whatever the fuck Dr. Ubex is supposed to be, this would be the perfect enemies to lovers fanfiction start. They're squirrels. One yeah. of them, they're both squirrels. I have fucking no <laughs> idea. They didn't have a picture of Dr. Ubex. Maybe. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He uh, has a bad time on Earth, so he goes back to Hleven to start over, and that goes pretty depressingly, so he goes back to Oa, and then he ends up dying there. And honestly, it's too depressing. It's already depressing. It gets fucking worse, so we're just not going to go into there. Too depressing a story for a squirrel. So yeah. So, the next squirrel on our list. <laughs> There's two of them? So Is it your fucking Animal Crossing island? I wish. All of my squirrels <laughs> are much more well-adjusted than these ones. So, after Chip dies... The oh, next person who gets his ring is Badge. And he's B-A-D-G-E. No random apostrophe. There are no vowels in this word. And there's a an apostrophe where the A should be. I the apostrophe D-G. Don't want to listen to this anymore. Well, there's more, so I don't know what to fucking tell you. I'm so mad about all these stupid apostrophes. fucking apostrophes. You absolutely should be. Somebody got way too fucking into it. Whoever you are, I'm going to find you. I'm going to poke you in the eye until you die. (laughs) (laughs) It'll take me a long time and I'm fine with it. Badge hailing from uh, Levin, like his predecessor, Chip. Uh, He first sees action. There's a spider guild that invades Oa. He later participates in the defense of Oa when it is attacked by Superboy Prime, and later when it's attacked by the Sinestro Corps. When he punches Earths, I can't remember universes. I literally whatever need the to fuck it is. Reread that comic so that I can. Are you sure? <laughs> fall on this shitty fucking sword for the both of us so that I can make appropriate and accurate jokes about it. <laughs> <laughs> he also is in the Sinestro Core War and he's good people. So Badge is not tragic and is just a squirrel. Yay. <laughs> so we can put Badge in the bestest boy and we don't have to worry about poor Chip and his sad, sad life. Let's not think about it. Mm. So uh, next up we have Gnort. Gnort. Where is the apostrophe in that? It's right after the G. (laughs) (laughs) Gnort Esplanade Sneemashner. How do you spell that? Just just do Gnort. You won't need the rest of that fucking shit. That's just his Mm. last name, I guess. Basically, he's like a dog that's a person. He's a dog that stands up. He's not a dog that's a person. (laughs) He's a member of a canine race from the the planet Gnoot. And uh, he's an officer in the Green Lantern Corps. So before joining the actual Green Lantern Corps, he um, he and his uncle were actually given their rings by Puglockians. Who and they better just be pugs. It's a race of corrupt space clowns. I'm so mad. Yeah, that is how it's Pog P uh, with an A P O G. I, and I feel like they're trying to talk about that one clown 
Pagliacci. But um, we were just talking about a dog race. Yes. The dog race is Gnort and his Gn- whatever the fuck they're calling each other. I don't know. They're a canine race from the planet Gnut. So Gnort, before he actually became an official Green Lantern and also his uncle, Gnuman, were uh, <laughs> given their rings by uh, Poglockians, who is the space clowns. And basically, they were fake rings, and the whole thing was to make the Green Lantern Corps humiliated, um, but Gnort was able to be like, no, this is dumb, and tell the Green Lanterns about it, and because of that, they were able to defeat them, blah blah blah, and also because of that, Gnort was inducted into the actual Green Lantern Corps at the behest of Green Lantern Guy Gardner. Guy Gardner was like, he's the actual hero in this. And it's like, every part of this is stupid, but here's always a pat on the back, little buddy. Always. Um, But for the most part, like, uh, Gnort is one of those people who is the comedic relief in a lot of, like, Green Lantern things where things are going fucking crazy. He's also just, he's a big dumb boy. But he's a good boy. He's a dog. And some of the, in the Batman, the Brave and the Bold cartoon, they have an episode where it's him and some other Green Lanterns and Sinestro as still a Green Lantern. And then Batman's there for some reason, whatever, who fucking knows. I feel about that. Tangentially, Batman ties all of that together because it's his fucking cartoon. So I guess it does make sense. I guess. But, um, so basically Gnort ends up making everything work out in the very end because he's a good person and even though Sinestro is because he's a good boy because he's the bestest boy bestest boy but there are several times that he can't remember like the Green Lantern oath so that he can power up his ring so well he's a dog yes Exactly. He's a big dumb boy, so he struggles a lot with that, but at the end he does remember it because he has it written on his fucking arm. (laughs) And he's able to, like, kind of save the day with everything. And also they realize that Sinestro is a shitty person. It's true. Mm -hmm. Also, recently Gnort appeared in response to a distress call from uh, robot inhabitants in, uh, of a planet that was seized by Larflees, and their rings mutually determined that Larflees and Gnort are cousins. Which what is Larflees? He's not a dog. <laughs> he looks like a beastie thing. He's oh, the I'm Orange not. Lantern. Okay, yeah, no, I know him. They're clearly not actual fucking cousins, but their he rings looks like a kakuna. On fire. Yeah. Decided that they were cousins, so Gnort became Lashley's sidekick. Just cuz. But yeah, he's a cute, well-meaning pup who might not be smart, but he tries hard and he is a good boy. And he is our last one because the rest of these are just going to be some bullshit that I tell you about. Literally, I wrote in here... Other fucking ridiculous members, not contenders for the club so much, but for the lols and for the faces I know you'll make. (laughs) That's why we're here. So uh, there is Squillic, which is a squid looking alien who uh, they all have relatively tragic deaths because, of course, they have like terrible backstories because everything they're like, here's a character. Give it a backstory. And it's like, well, you don't have a very happy life here. 
here we are. He ends up getting swallowed whole by a monster so it could slowly feed off of him. Um, but he Rude. looks like he has a squid for a head. Okay. There's Squeege, which is S-Q-W-E-E-E-G-G, which is a big whale bud. There's Stell, which is just steel with one E. And he is a robot. And yeah, he has a tragic end. He gets ripped apart. Uh-huh. Um, there's Scurry, which is just Scurry with a K. Looks like a tick, but I assume big. <laughs> I They don't show you like sizes, and I didn't look that up or pay attention to it. So <laughs> there's Penelops, which looks like Penelope, but with an S. Okay. Penelops is basically a fucking baller as a uh, Green Lantern because he's like an eyeball that has tentacles <laughs> on it. You would think that would be baller. Yeah, I was like, no, no. He's baller because of what he does, not because he looks cool. I was like, ooh, this is immediately what I want to look at. And then I looked at it and it ends up that he's on this uh, water-based planet and they can't... Um, all of a sudden, the water starts getting too hot because of a sun that is getting too Global close warming? to them. Basically, <laughs> he goes to the other planet to try and figure out, and he's like, your sun's getting too close. And they're like, we can't fucking do anything about that, because if we move our sun, it's going to like fry us, too. And so he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll solve this problem by my fucking goddamn self. <laughs> I should probably be saying they, because I have no idea what Penelope's... <laughs> gender is or if there are genders for these tentacle eyeball people <laughs> but yeah so they uh literally use their goddamn willpower to push the fucking planet out of the way of the sun and into a different part of orbit okay. and a lot of the other green lanterns are like teach us your ways and penelops is like nah <laughs> um i'm just thinking of an octopus but the round part of the octopus, the main body head part, is just an eyeball. Basically. Okay. It's very close. Okay. Yeah. Muck um, Muck is basically a catfish. Aww. I know. Cute. KT21 is either the worst screen name ever <laughs> or a veteran member who looks vaguely humanoid and blonde. Question mark, question mark. There was one that ended up looking like... You remember when that lady tried to repaint that Renaissance painting and Jesus's face started looking like a fucking, like, soot sprite, kind of? No. <laughs> I will absolutely find you a picture of this okay. in a second. But um, <laughs> it kind of, his face kind of looked like that. It's like, well, this isn't great. There's a robot named Chad. And that's from 2016. <sighs> Come on, guys. Come on. Like, were we trying to go for that? Yes. Um. Okay. There's Box with an apostrophe, who is a sentient black cube. And then Bluebert Cobb, who is like a blobby type thing. <laughs> is he blue? He's pink. And then the last one I have for you here is <laughs> Floozle Flem. <laughs> Which is a sentient virus. I don't... What? <laughs> it's, it's a virus that can attack people. I just imagine he looks like the fucking COVID emoji. He looks like if boogers were a person. I was very unhappy about this. <laughs> but also the name Flusel Flem made me laugh so fucking much. 
Who did this? Who's (laughs) responsible for this? So, yeah. I mean, it's not any of the best Green Lanterns. It's a couple of the best Green Lanterns. But it's mostly just a lot of the weird fucking side shoot ones. Random. Yeah. Bubbies. There was another one. Oh, I forgot to mention. Who's just a version of Smallpox. (laughs) So, the COVID emoji. (laughs) That's the COVID emoji one. You want the COVID emoji one? We got you. Bam. So, yeah. That's Green Lantern. It's weird that we both did cute little creature things. When you started, I was like, I'm so excited. (laughs) This is going to be so stupid. (laughs) All right, everyone. I got to pee. My dog probably wants to go to bed. I also want to go to bed. Yeah, I guess I should go to bed, too. We do have to work tomorrow, I think. So that was our cute little creature episode, apparently. Yeah. It happened. We it was didn't plan it. was our double feature. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's going to be the title. Yeah. Remind me of that. Creature double feature. All right, everyone. Make sure you rate, you review, and you subscribe. Please, please, please. On Apple Podcasts. But you can also find us on Spotify. We're also on the ESO Network and on Podbean. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. God, fuck <laughs>